Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Now Listen to This, an album review and ranking podcast where three tasteful samplers deep dive into a different album each episode. <laughs> At the end, we'll each give the album a score from 1 to 100, then put it into our ranking list, see how it stands up. My name is Brett, and with me as always is Nick. Hey. And Max. Hello. What up? EP Day Boys. Yep. This and is uh, Trio Tuesday. Trio Thursday. Thursday. Tuesday. Splendiferous Saturday. Which one starts with a T? I mean, they both do. I think both Tuesday and Thursday start with the T. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with either. Did you know that Thursday was originally Thor's Day? (laughs) Whoa. And Tuesday was... Before God took over. (laughs) Tuesday was Tears Day. You want to do them all? Wednesday was Odin's Day. (laughs) You're going to go Friday was Freya's Day. Saturday was Satyr's Day. Satyr from Satyricon. (laughs) They were fans. Sunday was the Sun's Day. Monday was the moon's day. Very interesting Woo-hoo. stuff. <laughs> and keep in mind, this is all before God took over. Before God took it. Before he came in. Well, we got a lot to get through, boys. Let's do it. Fucking, uh, if you listen to our last episode, we said that we were going to do uh, a triple threat. We all picked an EP each. So we're going through three different uh, releases today. And uh, we're going to do them like many episodes, but as you're getting a three for one special here. Yeah, this was my idea because uh, I've always loved my pick. Um, I've always something it's something I've wanted to share and talk about but I don't think we could justify doing a whole episode on two songs so I was like let's just each I think we I think we totally could but I like the idea of us all picking a short thing and talking about it at the same time it's kind of fun Uh, but yeah I mean uh, I guess we we could just start her on up I think Max we're going to do your pick first if you want to introduce us to the band and uh, give us a little quick history or whatever we'll get through the tracks so my pick is uh, Ice and Tor, which is a short-lived side project by Rich Walker from the epic doom metal band Solstice, which I'm sure you guys have heard of. I don't think I have. I know the death really? metal Solstice. They're very different. Yeah. <laughs> um, Solstice is like <clears throat> like a pagan altar, Grand Magus, uh, not quite like Atlantean Codex or like uh, Grand or Lord Weird Slowfeg, but like that kind of like just like slow, huge, grand kind of. Slowfeg to me is more like epic metal, Thin Lizzy kind of stuff. What I've heard a lot. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But uh, I get is it with that Atlantic a band that... Codex though. Atlantic Codex is more like it's big and epic, but it's kind of like esoteric. And, yeah, yeah. Is Slowfeg one of those bands where like every album's a little different, like a different thing? Probably. I've only ever heard like two of them, so I know they have a lot. But Solstice is a very um, grand. Uh, lots of but like lots of acoustics and moody atmospheres uh but so they were inactive for a little while and rich walker formed a band uh to take material he had written for a third solstice album and was like this will be just be a new project we're gonna call it ice and tour um and actually the song mighty and superior appears on a solstice demo called englander that he recorded with a different vocalist um and i think this, it makes sense what's his name Rich Walker. That is the guitar player? Yes. And he's the only linking member between the two bands? Yes. Okay. I think it makes sense that this is a different project because it doesn't sound like Solstice. It's a lot like faster. Um, cool. Yeah, so the, the the intent was to record a trilogy of EPs, but uh, Solstice is kind of like this as well, where it'll be like an album comes out and then it's like 10 years later and <laughs> then the next one comes out. Um, very long gaps in between. Hey, we all got jobs out here. You know what I'm saying? Amen, brother. Um, but so 
Isentor released this one EP in 2004, and then they did nothing else um, until 2010 when the vocalist uh, passed away, and they disbanded. But then in 2020, Rich Walker reformed the band with new members, but they've not put out anything. So it's kind of like, are they even active? Who knows? Do they play shows, festivals and stuff? I don't think they've ever played a show. Really? Yeah. How? I mean, this is a popular band. You you assumed that we had heard of them. So, oh, Solstice. Solstice yeah, played, yeah, he's yeah Solstice about, oh, plays shows. I'm who, talking we, about Ice and Tour. Oh, I see. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So this singer's dead. Yes, this is the guy from Twisted Tower Dyer. That's why he sounds oh. familiar. Yeah, I kept thinking that he sounded familiar, but I didn't want to. Look Interesting. Up. Which last time I said that Twisted Tower Dyer was like a power doom metal band, I had forgotten that they were like pretty much just like U.S. power metal. Yeah, they were they were kind of popular back in the day. Their album Crest of the Martyrs is very good. Yeah, highly recommend it. But members upon this band, you've got Rich Walker from Solstice on guitars. Perry Grayson from Destiny's End, which was a power metal project with James Rivera from Hellstar. Oh, cool. Also on guitars. I got Hellstar vibes on this. That guy's in everything, too. though. James Rivera. He's, you ask him to do something, he's like, all right. Have you heard his new album of, like, he did, like, a bunch of, like, new wave covers? <laughs> no. You, you don't need to. <laughs> I, uh, so, Hellstar, obviously classic, right? Hellstar rules. I never super got into them, but I saw them... A couple of years ago in Texas, I want to say Houston, Houston, Houston. Or Houston, yeah, at a festival, they fucking blew me away. Like that dude fucking whales. And dude. like since then, I've been like all about Elstar. What I like about James Rivera is he's like five feet tall and he wears those little vampire fangs. <laughs> oh my god, he he comes out in a full trench coat and like little like ruby red glasses. <laughs> he's, he's so cool. He's an underworld extra. <laughs> <laughs> so so cool. Gotta have him on fangs and leather. <laughs> Yes, he would love to do it. Um, And then Oliver Zolke on bass, who's from a lot of various smaller projects, a lot of like ambient and black metal stuff. Um, But he's also in a band called Ritual Steel with the drummer on this, Martin Zelmer. And then finally, Tony Taylor from Twisted Tower Dyer on vocals. Rest in peace. I didn't know. know. Yeah. And I I think you had mentioned something about them sharing members before, but I'd forgotten. Um, my history with this is that I don't remember. Um, this has been like a constant for me, like as long as I can remember being into like metal music. Really? Yeah. What year did this come out? 2004. Interesting. But I must, I mean, I must have heard this in high school. Must have just like clicked on the song Mighty and Superior on YouTube or something, you know, and just been like. 2004 was a dead zone, no man's land for this kind of music. For sure. It was like five bands playing quote-unquote traditional metal yeah and the rest was like yeah they're kind of new metal and kind of like mellow death but you know they've got a clean part in one of the songs so we're gonna count it yeah yeah, yeah. There, there wasn't a lot of good metal in the early 2000s until unless you went like really extreme you know but the more like traditional stuff was kind of dead it's just wolf <laughs> remember wolf yeah yeah they I mean, were trying they were trying man they were doing good they did in my good. mind but yeah, I don't remember how I found this, but it's been like a, a just a, a a love of mine. So I assume you guys have never heard of this either. Nope, I hadn't. No, I would bet I've shown it to you guys over the years at some point, probably like when we were in high school. Maybe, yeah. But I yeah. until just now, I had assumed this was like a newer thing, like the last couple of years. You'd be wrong. I would. I would be <laughs> glad I didn't say it. I guess we can 
do the album cover real quick? Album cover's all right. I think it's cool. I dig it. It's it's like old school metal. You got it pulled up? Let me see. I, I didn't. All right. But I remember what it looked like. Skip this shit because I'm going to find it right now. I mean, it's a it's a, a bronzed helmed man stabbing a dude in the head. Yeah. It's kind of cool. <laughs> a, man, a man hanging is always a, a tricky move to put on your album cover. Yeah. It's, it's a weird album cover. I feel like it like fits the tone, but also doesn't because it's just like, it's like gory and violent. It's old worldy, scary. Yeah, it looks kind of like old Viking painting or something. Yeah. It says, this is like, this is uh, like traditional style, but like. But it ain't your it's dad's not fantasy. traditional. Yeah. Well, then shall we get to the tracks? Discuss the fucking tracks? Yeah. Let's go track by track and fucking talk about it. Sounds talk good. about bangers and shit, too. You know, if we got bangers, or if we got stinkers. Well, then let's just get right into Ice and Tor, Mighty and Superior. With the track, Mighty and Superior. Right away, what do you guys think? <laughs> Sounds like the sword. Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. The fuzzy. guitar tone and riff style. I, I would not doubt if the sword got something from this. Or I don't know what would have been adjacent. The sword would have popped around right after this. I feel like it's just black like tide right around this. Black tide. I feel like it's just not it. Like I can I can totally see the sword thing, but I also like don't know if they're really going for that sound or if like the mix is just like not that great because like the guitar like the lead guitar sounds a little too quiet. But to me that really adds to the charm. Like I'm like I love that slightly too quiet guitar melody that's like clearly it's, supposed to be the focus. Yeah, like it's like, <laughs> it's like too much fuzz guitar playing iron maiden riffs a little like mid-tempo to me like the the sound of this like the riffs and stuff right from the get-go i was like this is like no fucking gimmick like just we love heavy metal shit like you know like it's like there's no like shtick here it's just fucking like we're playing fucking straight up heavy metal it's and and i I love that feeling like of hearing that you know like it's heavy metal at who are your guys favorite bands maiden and sabbath yeah they're like (laughs) What do you think? I don't listen to anything else. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just like, it's like, fuck yeah. Like, sometimes you need that, like, where it's just like, this is just, that's how, that's, uh, you know, it's off track, but like, that's how I feel about the first, uh, the first Summerlands record. I'm like, this is like no gimmick, like just just, cool heavy metal shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's just, you're not being beaten over the head with like a theme. They're not going to come out with fucking hoods on and shit and be like fucking, you know, like, no, <laughs> no, say, yeah, and- yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, and, and there's something like just to be admired about some dudes in black t-shirts coming up and playing cool riffs and sure. shit. Like, you know, but <laughs> then like-, like with Summerlands in particular, it's so got that like weird esoteric. No, I mean, I'm not saying like, you, you coolness can't, to it. Yeah. You can't, I'm not saying you can't like derive something from it, mm-hmm. like, and get like an image or, but, but I mean like just musically speaking, it's like, they're not screaming out like we're vampires or some shit. Like it's, you know, it's that's it's, an attack on Hellstar, Brett. No, not even. No, <laughs> not even. I was thinking of Queen of the Damned, but yeah. <laughs> Stop thinking about Queen of the I'm Damned. I'm always thinking about Queen of the Damned. For me, this is like, and I know it, it, Ice and Tor for me has always been the pinnacle of like fucking manly. <laughs> like I know it's dumb to say, but like it, this is like some fucking hair on your chest music, you know? <laughs> That's the, the singer is like, it's manly, like barbarian style, like wailing high pitch kind of. Yeah. Stuff. It's like, it's like he's like, singing high, but he's still like, 
Prowl the armor. Yeah, and goes, Pry my armor. You know who he actually kind of reminds me of in, in some registers? Like kind of when he's doing the more like tough guy kind of like range. He reminds me of the dude, um, I can't remember, I forget his name, you'll know it, but the the like a like a not as good version in terms of technically uh Beast in Black guy. Giannis Papadopoulos. Yeah, yeah. He he, he has like that kind of attack when he gets a into those like bit, lower yeah. notes like you know, like that type of thing. <laughs> like he does that very well. And uh yeah, he reminds me of like a plethora of like cool heavy metal singers like but you know and his, he's just fucking good yeah he's good he's good like i, I dig he's it. a dude that likes dio and bruce dickinson yeah yeah for me this is just like to me this is like the pinnacle of like traditional epic heavy metal i very much like it very much appreciate it and i love the leads and everything it's not like really it's not my style like the the fuzzy guitars even though i do enjoy it it's not like it's not what i gravitate towards mm-hmm so you guys, I don't know, you want to move on to the next track? I just want to real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. The Pride My Armor, Yield, Not Ever. That's the best shit. That's the best shit in the world. There's it's a really funny line in this where he goes, at the pinnacle of exactitude, <laughs> the inquisitious of a lie. That's a darkness fucking syllable fitting that in. <laughs> okay. I love throwing a couple extra syllables. Yeah. <laughs> Before we move to the next one, what I love is you get like minutes of like, a good luck intro cool riffs and shit and then he goes across the arcane battlements <laughs> yeah i like, have that written down literally across the arcane battlements you're just like the fuck yes <laughs> that's cool um next track the theomachist So I'll tell you, like, considering that both of these songs are, like, eight minutes long or whatever, I was kind of, like, with this being the only other one, I was I was a little disappointed with, like, the first half, the first mm-hmm. times I heard it, because I was like, this is kind of just the same thing yeah. again for the first half. And I get, like, the thing is, is, it reminds me too much of the first song, and the chorus isn't as good as the first song. So it's kind of like an inferior version. But then they get to that heavy riff like fucking five minutes in or whatever and they just start fucking jamming and i'm like this is awesome i like this like they go into like a lower register and stuff like i don't know if they're like tuned down it kind of sounds like they're tuned below standard a bit but like it's uh like when they yeah they get into that and i'm like okay this is fucking this is rad i like this a lot yeah i i think this song is maybe not just as good but it's kind of more and not in a bad way you know I think it's it sounds like another song from the same band that is also a good song. Yeah. That part though like just wakes me up. Yeah, when it goes into that. And I was like this is cool. I love too that it's like kind of sloppy but like really great, you know, like in in a cool way. The bass player's like doing a bunch of busy bass lines and I'm like that don't really fit but it's okay. <laughs> but it's like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, is this the only thing these guys have done? Yeah. I would say if you guys dig this I'd sent you guys a Solstice song like a week ago because I I went through I'd only ever heard one Sol or two Solstice albums and I listened to all of them and their first one's really good. It's that kind of like sloppy like high, like the singer's like a little too like nasally and high pitched, not that great, you know. But the songwriting is like epic and really heartfelt. And do you guys like maybe there's a sidetrack, but uh, Saint Vitus? They're okay. Yeah, I think they're all right. They have some stuff that kind of reminds me of this. It's kind of like. 
children of the grave style but the singer's a little i i don't know kind of melodic vocals but kind of epic you know me and nick saw saint vitus i didn't see him. who did i go i with? saw him i think was I it you him. yeah pretty sure i have i saw them at the aftershock yeah was that me and you it must have been it was like 10 years ago yeah yeah no i saw him with nick <laughs> nick you were probably there yeah they're not they're not a bad band um I definitely like this kind of I just slightly recently, more energetic, but it's like not too energetic. If it's going to be like the down tuning guitars, I kind of like the doomier style with it or like stoner rock, you know, the, the maiden type of guitars with the tune down. I like, but it just, it, I immediately, it immediately like brings me to the sword and that era. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah, uh-huh. I get that. Might I recommend uh, the band sleep? I've heard a little bit of sleep. Their first album and then their album Dope Smoker are like I know they're all time good. pinnacle. That's like one long song though, isn't it? Yeah, Dope Smoker is like an hour long song. That, but uh I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. I'm not a huge fan of Stoner like Stoner Doom, but Sleep really does it for me. They're really good. Cool. Uh what do we do? We go some overalls and some scores? Yeah, I guess so. We yeah. don't really have time to dwell, do we? Yeah. We got time. We've only got eight songs. <laughs> yeah, but we have to go through the histories and shit and all that stuff of everybody. Well, then, Nicholas, overall thoughts on Ice and Tor, Mighty and Superior? I think this is pretty cool. Like, just fucking, yeah, I don't know. Like, a, just just outright heavy metal. And I really dig it. Um, I wish that, like, I liked the second song as much as the first. I feel like there's there's kind of a dip for me besides, like, that that part that they go into, you know, like, for the last, like, couple minutes and uh it's just like as a whole package i'm like well it's like you had two songs and i they're, they're both kind of the same yeah <laughs> so so i'm kind of like i like this yes but like you know it it's i don't know it's kind of a weird release for me and i landed on a 78 like, I, I did I like this i just wish that like the songs were either a bit more different from each other <laughs> you know maybe the title track is definitely the showpiece though yeah how about you brett i think these are two really good songs everyone like obviously the singer's fucking awesome you know the riffs are great the leads are great um there's not really enough to cling to like i i I wish they were able to it it feels like an unfinished idea you know what i mean it's two good songs but then there's no like end cap to it. it there needs to be another two or three songs you know yeah i gotcha um and also like if these two songs were on the album they'd be good album tracks but i don't know if they'd be like fucking all-time bangers in my opinion mm-hmm. i think they're really good but there's no like you know there's no inner sandman on there <laughs> you got to stop bringing up the black album <laughs> we need an of wolf and man on this bitch <laughs> um i gave it a 75 okay well i will reiterate that this has been a constant consistent favorite of mine for as long as i can remember it's just one of those ones where like when i hear this style of music i always <laughs> compare it i'm like How's it compared to Mighty and Superior by Ice and Tor? Do you like the sword? No. Not really. When's the last time you've listened to them? Because it's pretty close. Like, musically speaking, the guitars and shit, it's like Epic Doom. I listen I to the sword. I like the second album a lot. They've got a connotation of being part of that, like, hipster revival scene. And I don't know if it's really earned because they all their music is, like, fantasy doom. It's, it's pretty cool. There's something about this in particular though where it's like the huge leads and the kind of like chuggy riffs and the 
constant like ting 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 drums that just everything about it that like a lot of bands are lacking for me comes together on this one um so yeah it's just like a seminal release for me and i'm gonna do it twice in a row this is a 100 for me oh fuck <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> how max, about max too high rate in ravenscroft how about i give us the averages for all three of these at the end sure wait uh oh yeah okay i guess did you figure out what you do? I thought you meant average them all together. I figured out what I do. You figured out what you do? Okay, good. Yeah, I'll average all three of them, and then I'll be the whole thing. You gave All these are all just stuck together this forever. This is one album to us. Right, you gave this a 75? Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, we're moving on to my pick, right? It was next in the playlist. Yes, sir. Cool. That is Mono and the Ocean Split uh, called Transcendental, and uh, this was released in 2015 on Pelagic Records. Let me go through both bands real quick. I'll be brief. But uh, Mono is a mostly instrumental band uh, formed in 1999 from Tokyo, Japan. They play what I described as uh, ambient, like post-rock, but they really bring in stuff from all over the spectrum of genres. Uh, to date, they've released 12 studio albums and a handful of EPs. Uh, only one lineup change in their entire existence. Changed drummer at one point. Uh, uh, but this one still has the original guy on it. Um, he left in 2017, it looks like. But the members, He's true mono. Yeah, but the members are uh, Tamaka Kunishi on bass, Takagoto on the guitar, Hideki Sumatsu on guitar, and the original drummer Yasunori Takada. Uh, so that's Mono, um, who did the first song on this uh, split. And uh, then we have The Ocean, who's a German-based uh, band that formed in 2000. Uh, they play proggy atmospheric sludgy and hardcore post-metal uh, it's progressive this is I like your they fucking f- favey this is like your favorite band isn't it uh one of them uh they, they're super artsy and ridiculously unironic and i love them and they write about sedimentary layers <laughs> a lot of a lot of their albums <laughs> are double or triple albums with some kind of theme at the center like it will on the surface be about like religion or geology or something but then they have like this undercurrent of like social commentary or like personal feelings and stuff and uh, uh i love them They're what was their last one heliocentric that's an old one uh you're thinking of um holocene <laughs> part what part it's part three of the of the stuff they were doing right now but Did uh, they write about dinosaurs that was on uh uh, uh phanerzoic uh, two mesozoic cenozoic dinosaurs that's cool dinosaurs were one drop in the ocean that is the earth yeah, yeah. dude yeah the first track uh, the first track on Phanerzoic 2 is fucking uh, Triassic and then they have Jurassic and Cretacean in the same one and uh, it's just fucking dino stomping riffs the whole time it's awesome <laughs> the last so, time I remember Elena, when they played it live she like there's the intro to the fucking Jurassic is like like it does like these stops and she like leaned over to me and she's just like I want to see you fucking dinos in the pit <laughs> 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 but yes, I, I love this band. I really love like their past like 10 years of albums, especially like, I mean like their early stuff. I, I like it, but it's, it's like once they hit like 2010, it's like, this is my shit. So <laughs> real quick, tell me about this is the early shit, isn't it? This is <clears throat> middle. This is 2015. Is this their original singer? Uh, this guy, this, singer? Can I see? this guy, they didn't really have like a singer. The first few albums, like a, a dedicated vocalist, like, one of them would do it or uh or they would have like you know people come in because this this band is treated more like a project 
I was about to ask. Tell me yeah. about when you look them up on Metal Archives. It comes up as the Ocean Collective. The Ocean Collective, which they they put that on some of their albums, and and that kind of fits more because it really is like Robin Stapps is kind of the main guy in the band, the guitar player, and I think he kind of went with the collective thing because at at a point after 2010, he was swapping out different people all the time, where it felt more like okay, this is like a community project type of thing and less of like a straight up band but there is like a core band of these guys that write stuff together so it's kind of a weird thing but uh it sounds like and probably not but something like ghost where it's like this is a band but it's a guy it's not to that extreme but it but it is like more or less like i think robin and uh, paul the drummer are kind of like the main guys in terms uh-huh. of like writing stuff mm-hmm. like at least in in the last several years but uh but yeah so the members at this time on this uh on this split and whatnot just a lot of people that are still in the band but we have robin Stapps, like i said he's he does guitars and samples damian murdoch on guitars loic rossetti is the vocalist um he's been with them since uh 2009 so he's been like the main singer for the majority of their so is he the guy that sang on the paleozoic yes that i listened to mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's he's, the same guy he didn't sound the same he's changed his style up a bit like over the years um but the vocals uh, on this are very like hardcore yeah i mean like his his harsh vocals have always been like that kind of you know i mean but uh it, as they've kind of gone on he's definitely um like even the last record they did that holocene like he's not a lot of I mean, it fits the tone of the album, but like, uh, he's, it's mostly clean singing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of moved away from a lot of it. But um, yeah, and then we got uh, Paul Cito on the drums, Matthias Hagerstrand on the bass. This is he's still in the band. This was his first recording with them ever. Was was this uh, split? And then they have guest members. Uh, I'm gonna fuck this up. Uh, Delai Theofilopoulo on the cello, and uh, Vincent Membres on the piano. Do you guys want to hear the uh, press release? Yeah. Let's do the press release. Let's do it. Uh, so it talks about like the bands and like where they're from, basically like what I just said. And they talk about like how they are both into double albums and they're both, I don't know, they're like two, di- it's like two different cultures. Is this the exact press release? Just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, pretty much. Yeah, but it says, it only makes sense that these two bands will now tour together and release new music just in time for their extended European run in form of a split LP, two songs. Only one by each band, but 24 minutes of new music altogether. The Ocean's Contribution, a 13-minute song entitled The Quiet Observer, was inspired by Gaspard Noe's controversial movie Enter the Void. The movie tells the story of a drug dealer getting shot in Tokyo in a Tokyo toilet while tripping on DMT and entering what is referred to as the intermediate state, according to the Bardo Thoral, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the book which has been a source of inspiration for many writers, artists, and musicians from John Legend to Aldous Huxley, describes a state immediately after a person's death when the intellect of the dead person must face its own illusions in the form of peaceful and wrathful peaceful and wrathful deities in a protracted psychedelic experience. You say John Legend? Okay. John Lennon, sorry. I don't fucking know. I was about to say, that's enough. <laughs> it goes on like this for fucking paragraphs because every time the ocean releases anything, it's like a fucking, like, they have to put a book out to describe what it's about. I've actually, I've always wanted to see that movie, Enter the Void. I've never seen it. Always wanted to. Um, what is it? I kind of, that's like a, some old introspective crazy movie. Yeah. It's some. It's a movie about a dude dying and uh, he's going through these weird death state thing. And uh, Italian. Uh, I think it's French. Yeah, I think it's. Hang on. Yeah, I think it's French. Yeah, but either way, uh, yeah. And then the mono one is all about how like it's about like death and the the soul and all this stuff. I don't fucking know. You know, just <laughs> some some artsy shit <laughs> that you can interpret from these songs, which I mean, 
I do like reading like their press releases and stuff, but like they're always like this, and it's always just like there's a lot of information that uh, I don't know. They're very serious about. They're uh, extremely the serious about it, and I and I love them for it. But still, you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess we could go ahead and um, what do you want to do the album cover? I think this fucking album cover rules. I love it. It's pretty cool, especially if you like baby butts. <laughs> I love the I I love the color palette. Like the faces in the background fits the tone really perfect to me. I Knowing think it's that super- it's based on a Tibetan thing makes a lot more sense with the artwork. Yeah. That looks, let's see. I'm trying to think. It looks like, I thought this Those was the guy Jap- who did Baroness. I think the, the faces. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the Baroness. The, it's the guy who, um, John Blaisley. John Baisley, excuse me. He's, Which, the, he's the singer and guitar player of. Baroness put out a new album. Have you heard it? Yeah, I didn't like it too much. Really? It was okay. So I don't know Tibetan culture that well. The faces in the back feel Japanese to me they are I mean like I think that that's from the mono aspect coming uh-huh. in because they were talking about how it's their, oh, am, their I, song am I just is, racist what am I just racist no they said something in the press release about the if anything, Tibetan Book of the Dead or some shit if anything I was being racist for saying they look Japanese I think we're all racist here we're all a little racist we just it's, we accept it and move <laughs> on but this this style this is the Hot Topic t-shirt style in 2008 and I don't mean that in a bad way but it just the drawing the, the style of it this is like a really popular color palette and line style from metalcore and post metal and stuff in that time. And you were a assistant manager at Hot Topic, and I was a fucking manager at the Topeka Hot Topic, bro. So don't even. I was thinking of if the they time. had ocean stuff. I would have come in more. Remember really that time they stuff. had a Keeper of the Seven Keys shirt, and we were both like, "Why they got that?" Yeah, I still got. Mine. They know it sells. They know there's ten people out there that'll buy ten Keeper of the Seven Keys. We're shirts. gonna get them. Spread the word. And um, then, and then every time we're at a hot topic, we'll walk in hot topic and say, maybe they got something good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, the, anyways, the the cover looks nice. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, I dig it quite a bit. I think. Can it's I cool. tell you my history with these? Oh bands? shit! Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Max. Mono. Uh, once you said they were Japanese, it made it clicked with me. They've done like splits with Boris. I'm pretty sure they have yeah. that. I've I've heard. Uh, and the ocean. I think the last time I remember listening to The Ocean was you said they had a, this is probably like three or four years ago, they had a new album out and you're like, this song sounds like Bathory. It sounds like uh, something from like Hammerheart. Huh? Yeah. And we listened to it and I was like, this does remind me of like One Road to Asa Bay, but I don't remember what it was. I don't remember that at all. (laughs) I remember, I think showing you a song on not their last album, but the one before it where there's like a blast beat part. Maybe that's what it was. And I was like, I was like, they kind of have like a black metal-y thing, a black metal part in this Is song. there another band like The Ocean that you like? Cult of Luna. That's it. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds more like a Cult of Luna thing. <laughs> totally like, different thing. Fucking being more like Let's just start the podcast yeah. over. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, I, those bands, I, I lump them together all the time. They're two of my favorite bands and they play a somewhat similar style, you know? So like yeah. I, but uh. But yeah, like uh, the the ocean um, is has always been a bit more on like the uh, kind of catchy and uh, vocally driven side comparative to Cult of Luna, which okay. is a lot more atmospheric and sparse. Uh, I've listened to uh, Cult of Luna has a, a side the vocalist has a side project called Final Light. Yeah, hey, I think you told me about that. That's yeah. like industrial metal. You wouldn't like it, but it's cult of luna guy that so. makes sense there's some there's some industrial element stuff in cult of luna like so I, that that makes sense but yeah um 
didn't it? What about you, Brett? Any history with either of these guys? I had listened to an Ocean album. I was I was just being saucy one day and took album recommendations from you guys. I listened to Pal- Paleozoic Part Two, Paleozoic Plant Planera. What is it? I think you listened to the first one, Phanerozoic One, Paleozoic. No, you heard Crustaceous. Phanerozoic One, Haleoz- Paleozoic sounds right. Yeah, I thought it was too. It was over my head. It was too much. It was kind of. It sounded like really dense. Uh, I don't know. It, it just wasn't my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I appreciated like the technical technicality of it it's it was very artistic and uh interesting but i remember you saying you liked some of the the riffing you were like they can really like they know how to interweave riffs a lot and stuff like that like you were you were complimenting the structuring of the the riffs yeah and they they build an atmosphere really well um but the the hardcore kind of vocals aren't really my style yeah that was my biggest hurdle with them when i first got into them i think i had bought an album uh, from like a half price books and I thought it just looked cool it was like seven bucks or whatever so I picked it up and that was my thing too is like I think that album is the one anthrop- anthropocentric and it's uh it's the one like that the first song starts off with and I was like god damn it no like <laughs> I was like fucking hardcore vocals right there but I don't know I, I got I hate to say like I got used to it because like I do I do like Loic I like him as a vocalist. I think he's great, and I do like his harsh vocals. But like, it, it just—it's—it really is a style I'm not usually keen on. But I like his voice, so I—I I, I feel like you know, for me, hardcore has been like one of the genres that, as I've gotten older, I've become more open to liking things that are influenced by hardcore. Yeah, I—I feel the same. I mean, this band and, and even Cult of Luna to an extent. Uh, he's not exactly that type of vocalist, but like. Um, yeah, it's it, it. Bands like this have have opened me up to it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a fan of like straight hardcore. You know, yeah, like I can't. There's a. Um, I've already talked about black metal here, so doesn't count. <laughs> but there's a there's a band called Caligram, that's like hardcore black metal, and they're really fucking good. And that was like one of the ones they released in their first album like three years ago. Where I was like, maybe I kind of dig hardcore stuff. Oh, uh, it was that you know that one band I showed you, um, uh, Oathbreaker. Yeah they they are one of the bigger bands for me too that kind of like they have like some kind of hardcore riffing and stuff mm-hmm. and sometimes she'll do vocals like that and i'm like i like this like, You're like you know, yeah I this works this cool. is cool but that's also a lot more like post atmospheric like black metal influence type stuff too so it's like it, it has a lot more going on well and like brett's been really into like uh circus survive alter uh norma jean <laughs> are these like emo bands uh chiodos Pull up, pull up, is it emo? At the drive-in. <laughs> At the drive-in, isn't that one? Yeah, that was Mars Volta. That was Mars Volta. Oh, okay. Uh, the see, used. See, you got, you're saying the older you get, the more open you're getting to hardcore influence. And I'm not, I won't say that I'm the opposite of that, but the older I get, the less drawn I am to like extreme aggressive vocals in general. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's not like I'm still, you know, I grew up in that shit and I still will listen to like death metal and black metal and stuff. And, and I understand it and I appreciate it. But it's like when I'm driving in the car, I will almost never, ever, ever just put something like that on, like just to relax or to chill. You know what I mean? Feel yeah. Like, yeah, uh, it's to me, I am more, I, I don't know, I'm more drawn to the melodies and the vocals and the, you know, that's I, I really like that part that aspect of music the voice i'm drawn to the the power tools <laughs> you oh like, uh, 
You like the Makita sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm Even really into the, the DeWalt. DeWalt is a high quality style. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'll just say about both these bands, um, I actually discovered both these bands around the same time. Not like when this record came out. This was actually a pleasant surprise because I was a fan of both of them and I had no idea that they were like friends or related or anything. And then it was like all of a sudden like these two bands that I listened to were like doing a thing together. And I was like, that's cool. I wonder what that language barrier was like. Like if they were both like speaking English, you know, because English is kind of the common. The ocean dudes are pretty fluent in English. Like, I've always, I'm always curious about like when you have people from two different uh, cultures and languages that are speaking a common language together, trying to understand how it's filtered through their languages. Yeah. You, you kind of learn to communicate. You know what I mean? Like even mm-hmm. if you don't speak the language, if you are eye to eye with a person for 20 minutes, eventually you'll be talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even though you're not speaking the same language, you'll be saying, you'll, you'll learn how to say like, how do you say that, you know, what is this called? You say, oh, oh, you know. Do you ever think about just like original words? Like someone was looking at a piece of grass and <laughs> All they were the like. goddamn time. They were like. I'll call this grass. Grass. And someone else heard it and was like, grass? No, that's, that's Lars. And the person was like, no, grass. Eventually one kingdom said, all right, guys, grass, you know. <laughs> and then they killed enough people that everyone else agreed. Right. They spread the word of grass. Also, the fact that there's so many different languages is a, is amazing to me. And the fact that we can communicate it all and find common ground between the languages is just so cool. Language is such a, a huge, important part. Like, if somebody doesn't speak the lang- same language as you, they're the other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, It's probably the ocean's next uh, that's, album topic. That's really what you were... Language. We were nomenclature. <laughs> <laughs> we were just joking, but like, yes, they there were crusades to spread the word of grass. You know what I mean? Like you'll fucking speak English or die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Speak English or die. Uh, stormtroopers. Stormtroopers of death. Yeah. Stormtroopers of death. That's a hardcore influence thing. I like. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's old school hardcore too. Love those meaty riffs. And you know what I like some a lot? Good meat. I really like crust. I like some. I like, um, what's that band called? Uh, oh, I know. Amoebics. Amoebics is fucking awesome. That's like Motorhead. The ocean did a, uh, or no, it was Cult of Luna did it in a It's like Mean Motorhead. Yeah. Cult of Luna did an Amoebix cover on a uh, another Pelagic record. Was it split. Nobody's Driving? No, I don't remember which one it was. But. If that's what Crust is, I like Crust. Yes, that is what Crust is. But yeah, well, I guess we can get on into these uh, two tracks here. Um, we'll start with uh, the mono side uh, with the track Death in Reverse. I like this one the most out of the two. Yeah? Yes. I feel like this one has a little bit better of a... I mean, it's classic post-rock, where it's just a continual crescendo. Yeah, yeah. Very, uh, you know, as you would expect, like, introspective and sounding and stuff. And uh, uh, I don't know. I think... I like to think of it in the context of, like, the theme that the main guy, Taka, was talking about in the press release, where it's, you know... I think it fits well with the idea of like the journey from life to death and like, you know, uh, all these, there's all these like big buildups and then some little periods and I don't know, just a, th- a thought provoking kind of uh, post-rock track. I, I mean, I like it. I like mono. So, I mean, it, it sounds like mono. So have you listened to a lot of mono? Yeah. I have like 10 of their albums. No way. Yes. <laughs> Physically. 
Yeah. I don't believe you. I do. They're upstairs. I believe you. <laughs> I didn't know that. What's your favorite one? I really like one from, it's like two albums ago. There's. It's called Nowhere Now Here. Okay, I'll listen to it. And uh, it's it's really good. I feel like in terms of post bands, I really liked Explosion, Explosions, Explosions in, in the, the Sky when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or I guess a teenager. Is that a band? Yeah. Yes. They're like, to me, they were like the seminal post-rock band. They're good. Um, the first post I ever heard of was Pelican. Pelican, Pelican is really good. Yeah. Um, I liked Godspeed You Black Emperor, if yeah. that's considered post-rock. Some of that stuff is a little bit too noise for me. They're very, like, yeah. cinematic. Yeah, yeah. But I really, really like God as an Astronaut. Yeah. That band's really, really good. It's good stuff. I think Mono is kind of, like, different enough to separate themselves from, like, those other bands though too like they definitely have like their own kind of vibe i think i'll listen to it yeah i really like this track it's it's really beautiful um and the kind of like build and release and build and release is is really like masterfully done um yeah it's just a really nice post-rock song what do you think of this one brett i don't get this um to me it sounds like they forgot to put a song in here Uh uh-huh it's it sounds like a 10 minute intro that's kind of what it is yeah I I don't I just I just do not get it. That's all I can say. Like there's it it really sounds like when's this song gonna happen? You know? I just get into the mood. Yeah, post rock's more about kind of like closing your eyes and feeling it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, like, this ain't pet sounds. It <laughs> certainly is not pet sounds. I recall the time that Brett said cl- to me You can close your eyes and feel pet sounds. I remember literally one night that we hung out and we were like feeling existential and we literally listened to Pet Sounds and Cult of Luna back to back. It was a very weird night. It makes sense though. Yeah. yeah. And we were both like, I don't understand you, but we I respect you. <laughs> we're speaking different languages, but we're saying the same thing. We're words. saying the same thing. We get the same feeling. But I recall we were talking about how the new God of War game made us cry in the first like twenty minutes. <laughs> and yeah. Brett was like, I felt emotions before. I think they're great. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm Well this I'm is not a, critical. I'm surprised that you guys can play a video game and and cry about it. And no, the big it's just thing was emotional storytelling. The big thing was you were saying Bronwyn was watching you play it, and she also cried. Yeah, dude, the game starts with a dog dying. But I can watch. I mean, okay, I can watch a dog die in a video game and not cry. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that I. Well, we're not just bawling every time cry. we hear about it. Yeah, I'm just you know just like a little tear, and I'm like, it's so sad. I guess I don't invest myself in like media the same I ways. definitely I crowd up my I will say movies if a movie has a really powerful ending I'll like I'll well up I, I crowd on my butthole a lot <laughs> that's from all the Mexican food <laughs> mono made me crowd on my butthole <laughs> I think you would like mono max I'm, I'm definitely you said it's called here in the now frontier nowhere like now Winsrek. here nowhere now here yeah okay but uh uh, we'll go to the next track, which is the Ocean song, uh, The Quiet Observer. <laughs> this is my shit. Uh, this is also, like, just for context of, like, the band, this is kind of, like, the blueprint for how they would go on to write their more, like, epic long songs on like future albums you know like it's stylistically kind of this because this was kind of a shift like for them like kind of hard to describe without going through like their entire history you know but like this was a sort of a change in sound here uh, or style of writing real quick Nick I think I've listened to this album 
Nowhere Now Here. Really? Yeah. I recognize that album cover. I think I've listened to this. It's good stuff. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. For me, th- this just has got crushing riffs and fucking catchy melodies, and it's all the lyrics are like weird and depressing and, <laughs> and like dour. And I'm just like, I just find myself like latching onto like cryptic moments and stuff mm-hmm. and the, the back and forth kind of between the soft piano parts and then the fucking big like, that fucking chorus always gets me the fucking rise float. i was about to say that's a we're talking i don't mean the first thing for me to say to be a joke about this one but you remember the atreyu misheard lyrics video? yeah boat rudder boat rudder strange <laughs> boat rudder <laughs> it's it's that it's kind of that i will say Nick, he's clearly but, saying rise float <laughs> i actually i do like there is an interesting rhythm to how he does it. Rise, float. You know, yeah, like, it, it's pretty cool. These like cut a little shorter than yeah, like the last yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, I think it's because they're doing that thing with the riff where it's like they they cut like two bars out of the riff because they're playing it like that. Like like it's something, it's something that you. I listened to this song eight times. I need to listen to it twelve times to get it. You yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, this is Nick because of the the lyrics rise float. When you heard Ahab, you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's about water. It's about the water, huh? Here's what <laughs> no. I want to talk about this on the air. I think you would like Mastodon. Yeah, you probably would like Mastodon, Nick. Is this a uh, is an intervention it's not an intervention but intervention i brought this up to you a bunch of times and like the stuff you listen to sounds like mastodon to me i like what's funny nick (laughs) brett always brings up the most like the mainstream like he's to me he's always like you would like metallica (laughs) no oh my god that fucking sentence album you guys like sounds like goddamn load (laughs) no i'm still mad that he told you to listen to sentence you weren't supposed to know (laughs) All right, all right, but this is for us, not for you. So, whatever. But you you talk shit on Mastodon, but it's like talk shit on Mastodon. I don't. I I I've. I don't get Mastodon. Our friend Josh really liked the album The Hunter of theirs from like 2012, and I heard it, and it was pretty good. I had an album called Crack the Sky, and that's like when they kind of dropped the hardcore vocals for the most part. But it was kind of like mellow sludgy prog rock mastodon's hard it's, for me to take seriously because like, of the guy with the big tribal tattoo on his face he's a fucking he's a rock star you know ocean ain't got no tribal tattoos get some tattoos on your face <laughs> tell it tell it real quick tell a story about how the ocean guy fell down and broke oh his on leg. their last tour yeah when i finally got to see <clears throat> them play uh they were playing with they were touring with a uh, leprous and uh the kansas date was towards the end it was like they only had like a, a week's worth of dates after that. And uh, I didn't get to see them play with Luik, their vocalist, because uh, a few nights before he had stage dove and broke both of his legs. <laughs> <laughs> and he did, the, he did the show the next day in a wheelchair and then it just became too much. They had to fucking send him away and fucking do it. Good so, try. Yeah, but they... Uh, so they were doing some weird stuff. They were like, um, he tried to stave dive, but like, so there's like fucking twelve people. It was like in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like, they had uh, that would have been a fucking awesome show to be at. They had some extra vocalists come out, or they would switch instruments, and one of them would sing or something. Like Paul, the drummer, has a good voice, so like he'd sing some of the songs and stuff. Like, but uh, like uh, or they on a on a few of them, they just had like a backing track of the vocals, you know, like doing it. But, if they 
the backing track's not as cool, but if that was if the whole show was like guest singers and the band switching out, that's a really cool thing. That to was the majority of see. it. Like, yeah, it was kind of neat. I I dug it, and I I love their set list too because it was mostly just the last couple albums, which have been like on constant rotation for me. So like, it was really cool to see. I uh, I had a great time. It was transformative. There was um, <laughs> you know the that band. was a slow build to transformative. Yeah. <laughs> the band that that Nick and I love, Windier. Yeah. Their, their main guy died and they did a tribute show where a bunch of vocalists from like other bands and like his brother um, all came to do like a tribute show for him. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Also like just about this song real quick. I know it's like totally like edgelord douchey, but that part with the fucking quote of the, the lady saying, why don't you go do something useful and go kill yourself? Oh, I'm, fuck all, yeah. I'm always like, fuck. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, <badass>. it's awesome. <laughs> this, um, <laughs> is that from the movie? I don't know if it's from that movie or not. It, that would make sense, but like, I I actually don't know. I looked it up at one point and I knew, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I would say I'm just I'm just blasting into overall thoughts here. Oh, I guess we can. I mean, we don't have any more to say. I mean, I love this song. I think it's great. I think the oh the cello and the piano is a cool touch. Yeah, it's good. And it actually kind of with the piano, especially. I don't know if the, these songs are in the same key, but like. The piano out of the mono song fits perfectly into like the next song. It kind of feels like a continuation of that song at first, and then it goes into like the ocean. Well, it helps that the mono song kind of has like a minute of like kind of like quiet piano stuff, like going out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it has a few minutes of that. (laughs) I was doing some yard work listening to this the first time, and it uh, honestly surprised me. Like when the vocals kicked in for the first time because it flew in or blended in flow that's the word it flowed the, it flewed in together i will say i like the production and the atmosphere yeah i, the, I the yeah. vocals sound buried but they're clear so it sounds like you're enveloped in the, the this really is, really heavy guitars this is post pelagic the record where they did the whole levels of the ocean uh-huh. thing oh yeah and <laughs> so, they like they tuned down on each level right it wasn't tuned down it was that the production got deeper and more bassy as it went and then the vocals got more buried as it went yeah so it was admit, like that's fucking awesome i think it's great it's <laughs> a, it's i love a, that album. this i don't know about that but i, I can tell you this <laughs> <laughs> but it, but this is after this that, is like so a right like, blend where it sounds like it sounds like the guy's far back but it's still clear yeah. So it's like you have to kind of like try to hear what he's saying. You hear him do his little runs uh, right at the beginning. The voice is whispering. That sounds like uh, <laughs> System of a Down. World Dane. He, oh, does, yeah, he does kind of he does kind of have a, a Surge Tankian uh, vibe to him at yeah. points. I hear I hear System of Down yeah. a lot in this. I could hear that as being like an influence of his, I bet. Um, I don't know. He's some French guy. I don't know. But, the singer? <laughs> yeah. He's a French guy? Yeah. They're all from different countries for the most part. Uh, I also like just the song will be going on and it's kind of like meandering and winding. And then you'll just hear like a synth over here doing a line and then like a flute over here or whatever. And it's like, okay, like the production is fucking really good. This is like that point, that era for them where they got really into that. Like, and that's why like their past few albums have been so like expansive and in my opinion like so why they're so re-listenable like you know it's like there's just shit i can find like over and over again what i love too about like the last handful of albums they've done and i've talked to you about this before brett but they uh they do they release the record and then they include the instrumental version and 
in place of vocals they won't do the exact same melodies but like they'll add other instruments to kind of fill out some stuff like you know just like even like a a fucking moog sometimes and stuff and just kind of do like a really light melody but like i appreciate that because i can fucking listen to the instrumental version and like do some work or write something if i need to focus and not listen to vocals (laughs) i i don't know if it's like really fully something i could really get into but i would much prefer the instrumental that's what I was going to get at. A lot of people are, are are hit or miss on the vocals in the ocean. That's not an uncommon thing. I think. Yeah. This would be an instrumental band for me, for sure. See, I, I, I really like him as a vocalist, and I really like the stuff he comes up with, like in terms of melodies and stuff, especially on their newer records. But like, I get that because he was the biggest hurdle for me for a long time. Yeah. You know, but then eventually it just, it just kind of turned into something where it's like, well, now I just, I just, I kind of love it. You know, I don't know. Um, I wanted to bring up before I, I, I had to look it up so I can remember um, when you're talking about how the record gets like murkier mm-hmm. and deeper. Um, what I had been thinking of, there's this, they started as a funeral doom band and then slowly became kind of just doom death. There's this band called Monolith um, and they have an album called Nebula Septum where it's seven songs that are seven minutes long and each track goes down a key. Oh. So it starts at A. <laughs> so it gets deeper. And the last track is on G. Like the tuning or the, the key tuning. of the song? Sorry, the tuning. The tuning of the the key of the song or the tuning of the instruments? Well, hold on. This says the tonality of each song from A to G. It's probably the key then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. It's neat. That's something you never notice unless you read it on the... Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you go, oh my God, this, <laughs> these guys really thought about this shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah their next album is, it's like Octacora and it's it's eight songs and it's 48 minutes long and it's like four minutes four minutes eight minutes four minutes four minutes eight minutes you always send this shit and you're like here's an album where this guy played an album forward then he played it all backwards (laughs) do you remember that was that you remember you remember when you did that there was one i remember sending you guys where i was like this is fucking ridiculous it was called like jute it was like music played backwards but they played it (laughs) it's like where did you find this it was like it was so absurdly you guys want to learn how to play backwards uber musical savant that it was like not even interesting to listen to yeah i I mean i remember one i sent you guys a long time ago that was like it was like this is black metal so raw that like we sent it up to a satellite and then sent it back through the space waves to make it raw and it was like is that real yeah (laughs) that was what i listened to a few years ago and it was like nah (laughs) okay scores oh yeah overall in scores uh I know, Brett, we're going to start with you. Yeah, so The Quiet Observer grew on me. I think that's a decent song. Cool. I There are things that I like about it. Death in Reverse, like I said, I, I just, I really find nothing good in it. I, I think maybe it's pretty, but then it, again, it's like there's nothing, I don't know, there's no like hook there or there's no, to me, it really feels like not a song. Yeah. And I, I, I can't it's say a mon- it's, it's, a mo- it's a mono mood piece. Yeah, you know, I, and, and I they can't do say have songs bad. that have like you know repeated motifs and stuff like that are like you know a chorus or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, but but yeah, I mean, you find this a lot with those. This is one thing over and over and over and over and over for eleven minutes. That's a lot for me. You know, Brett that's discovers a lot post rock. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm, I, I've never. Li- I've, I have Brett listen to a fucking godspeed you black emperor fucking record or and whatever. he's like it's the sound of a train going by for 42 <laughs> minutes <laughs> is that real probably they do some weird shit but yeah is shoegaze a post-rock 
kind of thing, or is that like a pre-post rock? Shoegaze is like some crossover. Shoegaze is like like alternative rock, post rock. Okay, but I mean, I I think of shoegaze and I think like aesthetically, it has that like shimmery guitar type thing. So like, I mean, that's something that I feel like a lot of post rock bands have used or adopted in a way. You know, maybe not playing exact. I don't know, fucking shoegaze style riffs or whatever. But like, I guess I've only heard like post metal, and I don't know if this is post-metal or post-rock or i think mono is definitely more on like the rock side a lot of the time they do tread into metal territory a lot but like post-metal is more like neurosis yeah Um, or even or even the ocean and stuff yeah yeah yeah, like yeah it's like it's still so nebulous to me it's like i can't pinpoint what that is why that makes it what it is but i know if i hear it i go okay this sounds like a band nick would like being into metal is funny because there's so many fucking like the genres are so like uber specific. I don't get like I mean like I, I know <laughs> I know you? I know to a layman we are being real specific here, but like I call the ocean and bands like that post metal because I just don't want to describe them as like well it's not like an extreme metal band like yeah. or it's and it's not like black metal like you know it's it's something else and that's kind of the I use post probably broader than like most post metal fans do like you know I'm like okay that's a, a post metal sounding album I don't know but. I mean that that in itself is a fucking giant umbrella of genres too. Because I mean, what post metal? You'd say that like fucking okay. That means like a band like the Ocean and Agalock fall under the same banner. Yeah. and it's like well, the Ag- Agalock is like, dark metal. <laughs> Just straight. I think dark. that's what they called it. The like old in like DM. 2000. The old DM. I think we play dark metal. <laughs> that's a what good name gonna, for it. What yeah. were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say something. We were talking about how specific genres can be. And how you sent us some? What was it? It was oh, Black and Industrial Power Electronics. Black and Industrial Power Electronics song. Album. And what's funny is I was like, that's not quite an apt descriptor of what this <laughs> is. <laughs> Have you ever seen Airheads? Yeah. Anytime somebody asks them what kind of music they play, they all go, "Well, I mean, it's not like speed or thrash." And they're like, "Oh, it's not like power. It's like uh." And they'll go, "Power sludge, power slop, power slop." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's power slop. It's power, power slop. And they all nod their heads. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. Uh, I give this a 50. Wow. Wow. Yeah, good or bad? Uh, less than I expected. I thought this was good. Um, I definitely, uh, the vocals are, are like uh, take it or leave it. I really like the mono track, and I like the instrumentals a lot for the ocean track. So I'm going to give it a straight up 70. Nice. Well, for me, uh, this is a split between like two bands that I really love and love the style of and two bands that I uh, can't really get enough of in terms of their stuff that they've done over the years. Like these are some, these are two of the bands miraculously that like have had pretty long spanning careers, both like over 20 years now. And every move that they've made, I've thought that they've gotten better. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like (laughs) when did the first ocean album come out? 2003. God, that's weird to think that that was 20 years ago. Yeah, I think it was, or maybe it was earlier. It might have been 2002 or something. Fluxion, that was the first one. But uh, they, like, like the ocean especially, like, I know I rant and rave about them a lot. I'm sure I've mentioned them on this podcast before, but, like, they are one of my absolute favorite bands. Uh, and I do kind of think that, like, everything they've put out has been better than, like, the last thing. And mono is kind of similar in the way where i see but mono you can kind of look at them in more like eras and it's like okay they're doing this thing for a while they're doing this thing and then they move on but it's all building on each other and uh 
that Nowhere Now Here album, which I'd probably say is my favorite, is a more recent one. You know, so I mean, yeah, they're just bands that just kind of keep honing their craft, and I really dig the style, and it's it just works for me. Uh, I think this is a great split. I gave it a ninety-two. Nice. But Quiet Observer is like one of my favorite Ocean songs. So, like, well, there we go. Yeah. You guys want some hints at what we're going to talk about next week? <laughs> go for it. All right. So this is a band from Seattle. Uh, I'd call it early progressive metal. Oh, um, oh, oh. Let me guess. Let me guess. Queensryche? Queensryche. We're talking about Queensryche's EP. Oh, Self-titled shit. Queensryche. My next guess was going to be Sanctuary. Are they from Seattle? Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. Queensryche's from Seattle, right? Uh, I have no idea. I think <laughs> I think I said that right. But You're thinking of Nevermore, Brett. Um, Every fucking prog metal band just from Seattle. I think so. Uh, so, yes, we're going to talk about Queensryche's EP, just called Queensryche. This was 1983. Uh, Queensryche is a, they're called progressive metal. They kind of spanned a style somewhere between just like traditional heavy metal, power metal, and bridged into to progressive like, metal, progressive rock later on. Yeah, it's like lightly prog. Yeah, it's it's like very lightly prog but they had um a lot of popular like concept albums that would fit them into that and then songs like um silent lucidity which were very much like pink floyd style songs which i think really seeded them with the progressive kind of tag yeah they had hits too like empire and shit like that yeah Queensryche was a very popular band um was huge yeah uh then they kind of dipped in the 90s went more like i don't know arena rock and then like just really fucking t- trailed off and Queen like, was there they they're terrible for a long time <laughs> like i think yeah yes did they was empire the last like good successful album by them in my opinion what was the one i think after, they had like, success like forbidden that. there was promised land or something promised like that. land i i can't remember much off of that didn't they and have I, here I, in the now frontier i think empire was pretty decent i had empire on cassette jet city woman that's a cool song yes just like that <laughs> i had empire on cassette and i don't remember any of the music but i remember like being baffled by, by the cover that it was so shitty yeah it's like a weird grainy jugulator looks it's like like that super pixel- pixelated i will yeah. always remember empire it was like, because brother killed a brother for a profit of another game point nobody wins <laughs> the american way can i come out hot i don't like joff tate that much uh in general in general i don't like his voice very much even on this let's i think this is his best performance all right so anyways queensreich started off in the early 80s they were called the mob uh the two guitarists chris degarmo and michael wilson then the bass player scott rockenfield and the drummer eddie jackson they were a uh cover band they played like judas priest songs and they didn't have a singer they hired this guy who was these guys were like 17 to 19 years old they hired for a couple of shows um jeff tate joff joff tate and he was like, he was I, like I'm not, i could sing for you <laughs> <laughs> i could sing real good just pay me in beer <laughs> he he played some shows with them and they were very successful shows but he was like i don't want to be in a fucking cover band so they said okay we'll just be a regular band so they wrote these songs got a management deal uh and their manager or label or whoever was like hey there's already a band called the mob you can't do that so they changed their name to queens i'm guessing 
off of the song Queens of the Reich, Queen of the Reich. But I'm not. I had read positive. that that it's because of Queens of the Reich, Queen of the Reich. Yeah. So um, <laughs> this was recorded in the basement of the drummer's house, which is kind of fucking amazing. Yeah, it sounds really good for it that. It sounds great for that. And like, what the hell kind of equipment were they buying at 17 years old? I don't to, know. In, in 1982 or whatever. I'm curious to hear. Uh, I've only ever listened to this remastered version because this was, like you said, this was originally a demo that um, got re-released as an EP. So there's two versions of this that are the exact same thing, but one is a demo and one's an EP. What's the difference? What does that mean? There's no difference. It's just, it was, one is the Queen Strike demo and then one is Queen Strike EP. What does that mean? Uh-huh. It was just re-released as like on like a major label. But like it doesn't say demo on the side of it or anything, you know? Hold on just a second. Oh, but it's the exact same. So it's the exact same thing. The demo was released independent and the EP was released on EMI. So it sounds like a label bought their demo and then just released it. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. The label wouldn't pay them to re-record it. That is it, interesting. I guess because it Maybe sounds they were like, yeah, fine. it sounds good. I always thought it was a separate thing. I didn't know. I didn't know any anything about this demo slash EP. Now you do. Well, yeah. Queen's right. Talk about the... Uh, <laughs> The cover. I mean, it's just a logo. The cover's so fucking cool, though. It's a classic logo. Best logo that they've had. Uh, good color palette. I the love purple and yellow, purple dude. and gold, or whatever. Yeah. This would not look nearly as cool if it was missing one of the colors. Uh, one of my greatest regrets in life. I had this shirt. Yeah. And I lost it. I. It's like the first shirt I lost. I was like, how do you lose a shirt? You know. It's no good. Where did it go? And I. I can't. It, it's just fucking gone. This was like moves ago. You know. I've packed and unpacked since. I bet you could Crazy. repurchase it. It wouldn't be the same. That's true. But yeah, it's, you know, classic logo. Cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, that BG's Blind Guardian logo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys have a uh, first memories of Queensryche? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I I feel like Queensryche is one of those bands. It's like, I've always, like, known they existed, you know? But probably not until uh, my, like, teenage years did I, like, really, like, listen to them. And it's probably because we discovered the CP. Because oh, yeah. I remember hearing like Empire and Silent Lucidity and shit. I mean, like, I don't really care about this band. So, and, can I tell the the actual story? About what? You hated Queensryche. I got the EP and it fucking ruled. And then you still talk shit on Queensryche, but then Sheldon Cooper invited you to go see Queensryche. Oh, yeah. Sheldon Cooper is from uh, Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. You're thinking Sheldon. Okay. Yeah. Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> the kid we went to school with. <laughs> Yeah. Also, let's bleep these names out. But he invited you to go see Queensryche and Metal Church. Too no, bad. it was it was Queensryche and Tesla. Oh, okay, okay, never mind then. Didn't you see Metal Church another time? And I've never seen Metal Church. Okay, that was another band you talked shit on. I thought they were Christian, and I hate God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the God jokes this time, Max. Dude, fuck God. <laughs> <laughs> this is why nobody listens. <laughs> No, but uh, anyways, you went to see Queensrÿche, and I was like, "Dude, you fucking hate Queensrÿche. <laughs> Why did you go to that?" I was like, "It's a free show." And then after that, you were like, "Queensrÿche is actually pretty fucking awesome." <laughs> well, okay, so what's funny is that's so, like Operation Mindcrime Two era Queensrÿche. <laughs> so Queensrÿche, though, for me, I started giving them a chance, and I thought that I really liked Queensrÿche because of the CP. And then I just like never got into like any other Queensrÿche really. Like I, I like they're not a band I really like that much. I think that I like stylistically like what they're going for, but like it just, it's never like made me come back that much. That makes you know? me feel a lot better. Like I, I, it's just never really been a band that I've been huge into, which is weird because like by all accounts, 
it it sounds like a band I would be really into. But it, it's just there's something there. I don't know what it is. Like I don't dislike any of the players. I don't dislike Jeff Tate's voice. I dislike Jeff Tate a lot as a person. But like his voice is great. He seems like he sucks. A yeah, bit. he seems like he sucks real bad. He's like Sting. He sucks like Sting. Like it's like yeah, except yeah. like <laughs> half as successful. Yeah, that's which is worse somehow. <laughs> it's worse somehow. <laughs> but Sting but, is like Sting talks like he's God. And it's like well. It's yeah, like, I can I see why you would think you are, yeah. at least. Like, But Jeff Tate, you're just like, hey, shut up. Frequency unknown. It's bad. But Dude, like, F you. But like, that's the thing. I, that, I th- uh, frequency unknown is Queensryche had a, a, like a divorce <laughs> where Jeff Tate, the singer, had a Queensryche album, and then Queensryche did a Queensryche album. And the Queensryche Queensryche album was fucking great. They got a different singer that was good. Yeah. And Jeff Tate released this just piece of dog shit called frequency unknown f you i love how it turned out after all those years it was like joff it was just joff tate was the problem god yeah like he just sucks yeah but but yeah i mean like that all aside i I think it's because it might be because like their body of work as a whole is mostly not great like to me and i know that so a lot of people really fucking love Operation but Mind Crime and stuff. And, and how many bands are like that where their first six or seven albums are very good and then everything after is dog shit? You know what I mean? But for That's me, pretty common. But for me, I never I never even connected with what like you guys, like uh, you know, our friend group at least thought was like awesome, like Operation Mind Crime. I never really cared for Operation Mind Crime. So I'm like I like warning more than I like Operation Mind Crime. And warning I only like about half as much as I like the C P. So it was like it was just a real deep decline for me like you know trying to go down the discography and then empire is like it's it's like they're just like trying to get hits and stuff so i'm like i, I don't really i think you care. kind of liked empire for a while I, I like a couple songs you know but like it's like as a whole it's it's kind of weak like yeah. you know i i don't know i just like i said the band just never connected with me in a way that i kind of almost feel like they should have listen again to rage for order that's a weird album. Uh, yeah, I forgot. I always forget about that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to spin it again. But uh, it's like a. It's like a sleeper. Yeah, in my opinion, that leads into my history with Queenstrike, mm-hmm. which is uh, never really cared for them. Uh, I heard this EP either like when you got the shirt or when you got it for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool. Um, this is like you know, like speed power metal. This is really cool." Um, Every couple of years, I'll listen to Operation Mindcrime and be like, maybe I'll get it. You know, maybe I'll get why people think this is like a top 10 metal album. And every time I come away thinking like, I was all right. You're probably not like smart enough. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Can I say, okay, I've been thinking about this like all week just to see, I guess at this point, how mad you would get, Brett. Queensryche with the Queensryche EP ran so Crimson Glory could fly. (laughs) That's fair. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, Crimson Glory is like I, the cool. I'm gonna take track. that. I'm gonna take that to another level. This album ran so Halloween could fly. I think okay. Halloween was doing this, dude. We're gonna get into this. This shit is fucking remarkable. This is from 1982. This is, this is full on power metal. This is what Keepers of the Seven Keys was trying to. It do. is unbelievable. Nick is just shaking his head like a banshee. <laughs> Bands like Halloween, what, what Sanctuary, <laughs> Crimson Glory. I don't know. Halloween, Crimson Glory, Sanctuary. All these bands, I'm Sanctuary or Queenstrike was doing this five years before them. It's if, crazy. If you and I probably would have, I, I've said this for a long time. If you ask me, the first power metal thing is this, like full on fucking power metal. This I'm is, of that opinion now. 
after spending a lot more time with this. Yeah, there's nothing not power metal about it. Um, yeah, I, I the other day I was like, I'm gonna listen to Operation Mindcrime again, um, and I was like, this is Wasps, uh, Headless Children, and uh, Crimson Idol, but not as good. Uh, Operation Mindcrime. <laughs> you think Operation Mindcrime is a less good Wasp? Headless Children and Crimson Idol, yeah. Okay, buddy. Uh, You're a goofball. And I heard, I heard. Uh, that's an get... opinion I respect, though. <laughs> that's a, that's a, <laughs> I'm like I, the one like... Wa- one guy you'll find that like is like, yeah, Wasp is really fucking good. <laughs> I love the candor. I love the balls that you got. Um, I I listened to some of Rage for Order too, because I heard it was like the the weird one where they were like weird vampires. And I just didn't they're like a weird it. vampire thing. It was just not interesting. If anything, that album's interesting. I, honestly, I think it's Joff Tate. You I think his like voice it. just throws me off everything they do, except for this. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. He is. He is one of the greats. Like mentioned in the breath of Halford and Dickinson and Dio, and you know, I, I like mean? him like, in uh, Stars. In the the oh yeah, uh, the hearing aid, hearing aid. Yeah, he yeah. goes. We are calling you. Calling you. That's that the uh, what the we are the we are the children. We're stars. We're stars. Yeah, yeah. But what was the uh, like the pop version of that? Oh, I don't know. Do what was know it called? The one with like Michael Jackson and shit. Yeah, you talking like about that. the one where like they held hands around the world. We are the world. We are the children. Dio heard that and said the metal guys are gonna do that. Now. Yeah, dude, I love you. Watch that video and it's like such a time capsule of like, oh, that was a band that had one good song it's yeah it's really cool though. they kept cutting to the members of rough cut rough yeah cut. rough cut and it's like because rough, rough cut, cut was like the band that dio kept poaching yeah from. yeah <laughs> yeah jeff tate uh definitely kills his line in that song yeah he's really good. and you can hear him very distinctly in the chorus too yes he's, he's one of the hear him and rob there. halford the best yeah halford cuts through too yeah he'd it'd be hard to not put him on like a top 10 quote-unquote best singers in, in this kind of metal you know old school traditional metal i think he's great yeah but he also has a like he he has a weird inflection on things like he's got a lot of personality yeah and in recent years he's kind of come out to be kind of a douchebag and then when you uh when you in recent years like the last 20 last 20 (laughs) when you attribute his douchebagginess with his inflection his like pomp and grandeur and style it's like, God, was he always kind of a fucking douchebag? Yeah. That's my thing with, with, with Joff Tate is that you can hear how full of himself how full is. Of you can himself. hear he knows he's fucking awesome. Yeah. And to me, that really detracts from Yeah, him. I know. I yeah, can. you don't like showboaty vocals. No. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I do if they are, like, competently done. Like, I like a good, confident singer that even even if they're not, like, a really, really technically good singer, I just like a good, confident singer. Like that's what makes the attitude coming through is is what yeah can make a performance. Look at fucking yeah. Paul Bailoff, fucking like I mean Joey Ramone, Joey Ramone, yeah. You know, like this guy has the confidence, and, and he can fucking sing. Fucking yeah, Halford times two. Mm-hmm. No, Bro, yeah, I totally get it. In the thrash circles, we say that about Joey Belladonna. Sings like a bird. <laughs> Sings like a bee. So, on a good day, <laughs> first couple albums he sang like a bird. <laughs> Ugh. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we, you guys want to go into the tracks on Queensryche? Dude, this shit is unreal. Queen oh, of the Reich? Queen of the Reich. So 
Okay. It starts off with the most fucking pure speed power metal riff you've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic. It's a classic song. I mean, the Highway Star wailing vocal intro. Yeah. It's cool. For real, this is, this is I know I already said it, but like, for 1982, it's like, God, what were these guys on? This is... And like, is this said, like the first? This is like, like the first songs they've written. Is this like the first like awesome like speed metal context air raid siren? Highway Star. Begin? No, Stu Block. <laughs> it was two thousand four. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent Ice Earth album was the first version. <laughs> Not even his first one. <laughs> it's like fucking Scourge of Babylon or whatever it's called. <laughs> Turn the cross upside down, girl. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the fuck they were doing dude remember when he joined iced earth and i was like i swear to god if he does the harsh vocals and the song opens up with him going yo <laughs> i was like god damn it no. i couldn't listen to any of that shit. <laughs> um but no it's just a classic sounding speed metal song and it has great performances all around i think um if i have to point out one thing i mean and it's, it's hard because this is this is technically a demo the snare sounds really bad on this. It's like the drums are in terms of uh, quality wise, probably the the worst sounding, but I mean, they're not like distractingly bad sounding. I yeah, got I think. no problem with this production and I know it's dirty, but it's but like, dude. that's the fucking edge of it. And you, but you can tell they had some fucking, they either had a very talented producer or some money to record this demo. If they recorded it in their basement, I think, I don't know. I mean, were they hiring a, a good ass producer to it really is remarkable i, I actually should have done more research on that because that this is confusing how they did and this in their basement good. in 1983 yeah do you want to pause the episode me and nick can go hang out with the family upstairs no okay no i've done my work um <laughs> night rider i the the production though the production sounds fucking awesome you know yeah. what i mean like it, it's, it's it's like perfect it's gritty but everything's there yeah you can hear everything Super good. Very true. I always get this mixed up with when I think of it, I think of that sabotage song where he's like, You've been struck by. And I always think it's, You've been struck by the Queen of the Reich. <laughs> There's a sabotage song where he says that, and I can't remember which one it is. Nice. Classic Queen's Reich imposters sabotage. <laughs> Starting uh, fights, Brad. Queen's Rock. Queen's White. <laughs> <laughs> My speech impediment makes this very hard to say. Queen's Reich ran. So sabotage could ran. Could ran. <laughs> uh, Those two beers at dinner really ruined you. Uh, Night Rider? Yeah. Uh, another classic mm-hmm. in the same vein as uh, you know, the right kind of. Um, it's, a, it's a good follow-up nice long winded chorus and stuff love the fucking love the the different uh like tempos and and feels that they do like they've got the triplety slow intro into the yeah it's it's into the iron maiden kind of thing yeah it's like all the different power metal fucking vibes yeah and you get it's like here take go away yeah yeah, you get made. You get like Show No Mercy Slayer. You get some like it's not, but I just want to bring up Manila Road. You know, <laughs> you just get all the good stuff. It's good stuff. I like it. What do you got, Max? 
Oh, sorry. I just, I'm listening to it right now. I'm kind of just enjoying it while listening to you guys talk. <laughs> it's just, this is like a real solid, the kind of power metal where it's, you know, just like fast and driving riffs and the vocals are great. And it's kind of Iron Maiden plus one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I really like the chorus. The yeah. Night Rider says, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, the next one, Blinded. I think is definitely the weakest of the four tracks. I thought that for years until we started listening to it for this, and it's been a while since I listened to this. I think this song is underrated. Okay. It's Listen, cool, but it's not really a song. I don't know which came first, probably like right around the same time, but this this intro into the guitar lead thing, very merciful fate to me. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, I think it might be Doomed by the Living Dead or something like that, that that starts with the same kind of like, and then the... Oh, you're thinking of... Uh... It's like the first track to... It's the one they re-recorded at. It used Doomed to be, by the Living Dead. It used it? to be Death Kiss. Uh, does sound like Merciful Fate. I think one or the other was influenced by it. Them. Dangerous Meeting. Dangerous Meeting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there you go. <laughs> it's almost. I could hear that. Yeah. It's a very yeah. similar intro. I could totally hear it. I, I think, think this, even even what Joff Tate is doing with his voice is very just like the the specific kind of inflections that King Diamond had. Yeah. I'd peg them at. Like right the same year almost, eighty three ish, you know? Yeah. I think this song is underrated. It's actually like one of my favorites now. I really? Think. Like in terms of this E P again. It was one that I like always forgot about and I think maybe that's why I was paying more attention to it this time around. Because I was like, Oh yeah, I always forget this one. And I'm like, This song rocks. <laughs> I, like I this think one. it's good, but it also kinda feels like because it's short and the chorus almost feels more like a bridge, it feels like it's kind of over in a blink of an eye for me. And it's hard to retain. Yeah. Feels like it's kind of just the gap between Knight Rider and... Uh, it's the least chorusy chorus. Uh, Lady Wore Black, which is... Spoilers, it's my favorite song. Did you think that uh, it would have been better if he sang it in the style of uh, Death Kiss? Sure. Oh, no. You're gonna get yourself killed. You're gonna be with the kiss. No, he says, I'm gonna give you a kiss. kiss. No, my... My favorite King Diamond thing is um, the song on the eye where it's like, it's a song about the two little girls playing. And he's like, they should be having such good fun. I wish he sang like that. That's sick. Death Kiss is the best vocals. <laughs> Death Kiss from a darker lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's such about- a fine line between like, the worst and the best. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and you hear a dangerous meeting and like, no one's got a fucking problem with it. <laughs> it's the exact same lines. He's just doing a little different stuff. King Diamond's just thinking about it. He's like, you guys weren't here for Death Kiss. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was blaring. I was blaring Abigail at home one time and Bronwyn was like, Max. <laughs> and I was like, don't you fucking say a word. Um, I will divorce you. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about the weird, like, trippy ending thing to this song? I think it's cool. That's cool. I think it leads into the Lady Wore Black really cool. I don't know. I, it's I like that it's it weird. It tumbles it's, away yeah. <laughs> type of thing. 
that when, this is the first trace of like a quote unquote progressive thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what yeah. The fuck are they doing? Kind of like a weird Queensryche decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady wore black. Um, this is like Crimson Glory and Sanctuary heard this and they were like, that's what Dude, we're doing. I, I can think of a hundred bands that heard this and said that's what we're doing. This song yeah. is so fucking good. Yeah, this 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 was always like my uh, go-to Queen Drake song. Yeah. I think. Uh, I would imagine if the band knows what they're doing today, this is what they close with. You know what I mean? Like, this is just like, the, this could be the most signature song of the band. Yeah. It's it's a it's a great song. It's it's anthemic and like emotive, but it still has that. It's it's the most like I think like what Queensrÿche turned into, uh, but still has the heavy metal edge that the CP has. Yeah, there's some like you could point to Queensrÿche took in a lot more like hair metal after this. Yeah, but I mean like I think just like this the, is the, all to me. This is like sign of the Southern Cross. Yeah, I was gonna say this yeah. is very like Sabbathy. It kind of reminds almost me of like warning. A, Darker, deep purple, of the their album. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more in that style. Like you could see that they were like, "We're gonna do more like this," you know, like because, like, like you know, Queen of the Reich, Night Rider, and Blinded are all great, but they're all like they feel a lot more like traditional than Queen's Reich would be, or at least become known for, you know. And yeah. Lady Wear Black was a bit more uh, they, they, of a different thing. They tossed out any semblance of like speed metal, yeah. Really, power metal after this. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, no. It's is a, warning it's good? I like warning. Warning's very good. Yeah. Does warning sound like this? A little more so than okay. like anything else they ever did. I think. I mean, I'll give it a shot. I haven't. It's, I haven't tried Frequency Unknown, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> we put on Frequency Unknown. It fucking rules. Like it's just like it, it's like Queen of the Reich too. I was telling you guys. <laughs> have you heard anything from that album? No, no, I was just joking. Like, yeah, off air. I'm asking for real. Have you? No, no, I've never have. Fucking do it. Dude. <laughs> it, it you could. Wait, not... I think actually you showed me one because they had. There's a song where he cusses in it or something. It, it, and it's like... all cusses. <laughs> it's all cusses, dude. You couldn't imagine it being worse. Like what you're imagining, it's worse than that. <laughs> Maybe we'll pick it one of these days. We'll do it with it. We'll do a double feature. We'll do Frequency Unknown and Honkin' on Bobo. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, if we, side note, when we just went to dinner, fucking Max got weird when a fucking Aerosmith <laughs> song came on and me and Brett were like, this is awesome. And you're like, you really listen to this? You, you gave us a real, you really listen to this. <laughs> it was genuine. I was like, this is not good. Dude, Aero, 70s Aerosmith is the shit. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> Fully agree. <laughs> Agree there was disagree. a there was a long time that you think where, you think you like wasp because they're like sleazy and shit dude fucking listen to aerosmith dude that's fucking that's real sleaze wasp <laughs> got better when they weren't sleazy though. wasp wasp got everything they are from 70s aerosmith. from aerosmith you like yeah. uh you like uh guns and roses right i like the first gu- what well, yeah i like guns and roses yeah that's full aerosmith that is aerosmith See what what I like about Wasp is that they took Guns N' Roses. Shut up. <laughs> Added distortion and and hairspray. So sick of and that. Some chains. <laughs> We're all sick, sick of, of him. I'm sick of it. Sick of it. My wife is actually leaving me. <laughs> <laughs> she says I talk about Wasp too much. <laughs> she said he always fucking mentions the distortion and hairspray thing. I don't know. 
She's like, they don't sound anything like Judas Priest. (laughs) (laughs) I just have to make sure I talk about Beach Boys a little bit less than my girlfriend talks about Silverchair. Katie talks about Silverchair a lot. She fucking loves Silverchair. That's her get two drinks in her. And she's like, time to put on the silver chair, guys. Bronwyn's is like my chemical romance. She fucking loves. Oh, that's Katie's too. <laughs> that's the other one. It's like yeah. too. They've bonded over that. So <laughs> I think any 32 year old woman is all about fucking <laughs> my chemical romance. <laughs> Overall thoughts, Queen's Uh Who um, first? Me first. I haven't gone you. first. I haven't gone first in it Ooh. overall at all. It would go max. But I didn't go first on yours. Did I? Yeah. Did yeah, I go first? You did. Okay, as long as I went first on one. Me first, though. Fine. We'll let you go first twice next time. Good. Uh, this shit's unbelievable. Um, this is like fully formed. You can't even say proto. It's like fully formed U.S. power metal just, just fucking flying out the pussy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the song Queen of the Reich is like an unreal speed metal song, um, and The Lady Wore Black is like a perfect, lightly proggy power metal song um i wish i liked later queen's Reich more because this album is so it's so good and it makes me want to listen to the band more but then i listen to them and i'm like oh, i don't really like this you know they didn't do this again which is a bummer yeah, yeah but, but i mean crimson glory it, it is it, so i used to think that too and i would like i'd kind of cling to the warning you know what i mean but it you don't need this again because they fucking nailed it right here. You kind of, wi- I, I wish they did an album of it, but mm-hmm. why? You know? Yeah. This is fucking awesome. Um, I'm going to give it an 89 out of 100. I agree with both those sentiments. Um, I actually kind of felt bad when we started listening. I haven't listened to this in a while. And uh, when I was listening to the playlist when Max made, like, you know, all the EPs and I was listening through and it got to the Queensryche one. And I was like kind of underwhelmed, like hearing it again. And I I came to kind of realize I was like, I was like, man, I it's not that it's like worse than I remember or I'm not into it. It's like I, I was just I, I was I was spoiled by this, I think. Like, you know, like hearing it for so long and just like but putting it into the context of like how early it is, how fully formed it is, like how much it informs a genre that is like near and dear to my heart. Uh it's like yeah it's just great it's a cool like fucking thing that is there in that piece of time and it came at like the right time and if it wasn't there i don't know if that genre would be exactly the same you know Mm -hmm. so it's like it's it's important to to something that's like close to me and uh i think every song is just great it's like quintessentially good you know and it's not and it and it's never really boring like it it, i don't know it's uh just an important piece to this style of music and uh i respect it a lot and uh i'm kind of i'm with max though in the sense of like you know i think maybe it was because my expectations were nulled or i had some bias going in of like not really digging queen's rock after this that much you know like it was just like it's just not my band but like i think like the fact that of how good this is is, is very undeniable and uh it uh, on that note really quickly not to interrupt yeah no no it, i understand like god i wish they did more of this but listening to to Operation Mindcrime, and then knowing that like that's this band, it's like th- they just that gives them an extra like twelve notches of fucking awesome. To yeah, me. well, and and I I I would say like I don't really think I want them to do an album of this, like you know necessarily, because like you said, Brett, like we have this, so it's fine, you know, like it's like we got this, so who gives a shit? But like, and I am of the mind, like especially nowadays, that like I don't. 
I don't want a band to do the same thing over and over again. That's so boring to me, and just and it makes a lot of bands that I used to love like that did do that. Like I just I have like no desire to listen to them ever again. You know, like and it's just so I I don't I wouldn't want them to continue like this exactly but it's just the fact that i don't really care for them after this like you know it's a, it, it like not like oh if, it would have been awesome if they just did this or whatever it's like i don't really care what they did it, it, i just haven't really dug it you know <laughs> like real but, quick while i'm thinking about it yeah because that train of thought led me there the guitar player from this in 1998 left queen's and he's now like a private jet airliner pilot nice which is just such a weird bruce dickinson yeah but like he quit He's like not into music at all anymore. He was just like, yeah, I was on Operation Mindcrime. <laughs> I feel like I feel like being a pilot would be really fun. It'd probably be cool. Seems cool. If you're not attached to, you know what I mean? Like your wife would not see you much. It's true. <laughs> That'd be heaven, brother. <laughs> but yeah. Sign me up. But yeah, so uh, I gave, I landed on in 84 on this one. Because okay. I took the year that it was in and I added one because added I liked one because it. it was good. Yeah. That makes well, actually a lot of sense. Well, it's from 1983. Huh? Plus one. Or 1982. It's from 83. It's the original recording was 82. Uh. We're, we're doing the EP, not the demo. Oh, then put me down <laughs> to an 83 then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 84. I think I've said all I can. This was like very, very early in my music listening career. And uh, it informed the stuff that I wanted to listen to for the next 10 years. And there was a long time where I wished Queensryche did more of this. But... I love the stuff they did after it, really up to Empire, which I think is, you know, good. But like Operation Mindcrime fucking rules. Um, I like Speak from Operation Mindcrime. Yeah, yeah. I like Don't Speak by No Doubt. That, that is good, good too. Um, Gwen Stefani's a cutie. Hey, keep it Gwen, PG. Give me a call, you know? Keep it PG. You can say cutie on the radio. You just dude. said something about speed metal coming out the pussy or whatever. That's about the miracle of birth. <laughs> um... This shit rules. Ain't nothing wrong with this shit. <laughs> I give it a 97. Oh, dude. Give it a 100. Just do it. I wish it was longer. It's not 100. Can you think of what you would give 100 to? Yeah. What would it be? There's two, and I'm not saying it. Because oh, we'll, we'll do them someday. Okay, hold on. 84. Figure out <laughs> saw, what you do. I saw that his... <laughs> it went to 813, and he went... <laughs> Figure out what you do. Okay, so 84... Yeah, 89, 90, or, yeah, 97, divided by three. I could have just, god damn it. I did it again. That's a 90, baby. You've had all summer. I haven't, though. That's the thing. Max, how many things would you give 100 to? A lot. Seems like it. I'm a big fan of music. That's the thing. I only think of The Eldritch Dark. That's it. Apparently, that's my favorite record. You give that 100? <laughs> I did give it 100. Damn. <laughs> I was like, I find nothing wrong with that. Okay, guys, so that puts us, before I rank it, so I don't lose them. Uh, Ice and Tor is an 84.3. Mono the Ocean is a 70.6. And Queensryche is a 90. That's got to be one of the tops. For sure. Let's sort this bad boy. Yep, that's number two. Our top three, Blood Ceremony, Queensryche, and Meatloaf. <laughs> that sounds like us. Ice and Tor is number six. And the Ocean Mono is number 22. All right. Pretty all good. Is, all is right in the world. Um, Our next normal pick is you brett okay all right this is a band three-piece prog rock this is my first hint for you is it rush nope emerson lake and palmer nope budgie nope three-piece super tramp nope okay number, another guess a 
big influence on grunge music. It's not Melvins. I was about to say not Melvins. Uh, can't be the Melvins. This is going to be a tricky one for you guys. I know you Budgie? know it. No, he already said. Already said oh, yes. That's why it's unfamiliar. <laughs> Budgie doesn't fit any of these. Clues <laughs> Budgie was kind of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm tapping in for uh, hint three. Hint three. Are we ready? They are Rush. No, <laughs> I'm talking Rush, guys. No, they are um, arguably linked to Christian rock, but not. This is it's a that's a discussionary topic. Christ the Conqueror, not Christ the Conqueror. Yes, not yes. No, 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 not yes. Uh, Striper. Nope, they're not prog right. How can I? What blue cheer? Th- those are the only three uh, hints I thought of. This is a band that the top label for them would be prog metal, but they are very different from any other prog metal band that's ever existed. They, Believer around the eighties, um, they had a Christian tag because they had like spiritual lyrics, but they kind of went through phases with that where they were kind of secular at certain times but uh i don't think you're you're gonna get it are you it's not not believer is believer a band yeah i don't know it they're like it's a not. prog thrash band that was christian that's not it i'm giving up giving up nick's close nick knows it i feel like there's something they've got there, but i don't they've got a gospel feel to it but it's kind of prog metal everything you're saying is fucking like it's it's like tingling the cl- i can't like say what is close closest related to musically because there's really nothing but it's kind of a late 80s early 90s um alternative metal kind of thing it's not alice in chains is it no but alice in chains loves them pearl jam not pearl jam but pearl jam loves them budgie (laughs) everybody (laughs) loves budgie everybody likes bread fan all right i'm gonna say you guys aren't getting it yeah i can't fucking yeah i don't know i can't get it king's x oh okay yeah i i wouldn't have got that but like i it was there, something was like tingling about it where I was like, who the fuck is that band that Alice in Chains has talked about before? Like, there, you know, there, was yeah. like, There's nothing. King's X doesn't fit any fucking dis- descriptor in my opinion. I've but, never listened to this band. There you go. The album. I didn't Kings, know they were a three piece. That's probably why I didn't pick them. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I wanted, I kept I, getting hung up on the three piece thing, like trying to imagine it. And I, was I wanted like, that red herring. Yeah. Cause then you get Russian Genesis and, Yep, album King's X. I didn't even think of Genesis. It's their fourth album, and this is the one where they went a little bit heavier, but it's not their fifth album where they went, like, full fucking grunge. I've never heard you talk about this band. I don't talk about them much, but I'll play them at a party. And within the last month or so... Which so, one are we doing? King's X. Oh, the self-titled. Ti- the self-titled, okay. I'll talk about this all next episode, but I've had one of their... their their most popular album is called Gretchen Goes to Nebraska. And it's really, really good. I've had it for, you know, 12 plus years. Um, I'm more of a Dogman fan. <laughs> Dogman's good too. <laughs> That's when they went Alice in Chains. That's when they heard <laughs> Alice in Chains. <laughs> I'm a Dogman. Dog I'm a Dogman. Dog what is that Alice in Chains song? Okay. Spoon Man. That's, that's audio. The there. Rooster. That's. that's Soundgarden. <laughs> uh, not Rooster, it's the other one, the uh down 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 and he goes Wurr. it I think it's called Wood. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wood yeah. Wood. Um anyways, yeah, I, I like this band. Within the last couple of months, they've encroached on like, oh my god, this is like a perfect band for me. Uh-huh. Really first four albums. And then they went Not Your Style. 
they went grunge and, and like kind of stripped back the progressive elements. But these, f- listen to this, you'll see. That's I get I this band, the name Kings X. I mix it up with Racer X. Oh, very, that. very different. <laughs> very different. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, listen to that. We'll talk about it next time. Sounds good. Everybody, make sure that you uh, kiss your loved ones on the lips. You never know. Today could be the last day you see them. Don't do it very long, though. <laughs> With some people, it's weird. You could kiss them for too long, and they will get uncomfortable. And remember, consent is key when kissing on the lips of your loved ones. So thanks for listening to us, and we hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, freaks. Thanks for listening to Now Listen to This. If you like what you hear, you can follow and interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Now Listen to This, or you can shoot us an email at Now Listen to This Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions, and we're always open to album picks from our listeners. Leave us a rating on your podcast player of choice Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever. It really helps. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.